You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Yolanda Lopez. Good morning, City Church Downtown. Will you guys stand with us as we work
God, we thank you for them. Each and every person that's here today, God, you have here for such a specific reason. God, and just as through your death we find life, God, guide us to put to death our addictions, God, our worries, our fears, our struggles. Let us put that all behind us, God, so that you can live through us and in us. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for giving us, if nothing else, one more day. Just to love you, God. Thank you for everyone in this room, God. I pray that you would open their hearts, open their minds, and just allow them to hear what you want them to hear today. We love you, and we thank you, and we praise you in your son's precious and most holy name. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Hello, it's good to be here with you again today. And what a topic, right? Family. Fam month is what it's called. Well, last week, Humby did the kickoff on family month with the big idea, your family can change the world. He shared how his grandfather had been a tremendous influence on his life. Humby said, my grandpa's faith was unshakable and he did his best to live it out. Humby remembers his grandfather, but he, only, he not only remembers what grandpa said, but he remembers what he did. Family. Well, I want you to meet my family right now, at least those that I consider to be part of my family, because some of you already know them. This is Rachel and Eliana. This is her husband, Jonathan, and Ethan and Eliana there. And by the way, I like him. Okay, it helps, right? Okay, and then that's a picture of all of us together. It's that rare photo where everybody's smiling. You familiar with those rare photos? You know, everybody seems to be very happy. All right, next. And this family, by the way, you're going, wait a minute, they're not your family. I know some of them. Absolutely. But I still consider them family, and they, some of them consider me their spiritual mother. There's a different take on that, but a spiritual mother. And then I have another one. Ah, yes. They consider me their spiritual mother. I'm glad we're not to the grandmother stage yet. But nonetheless, I really am glad that God has put these people into my life. And one of the pictures that you'll see, you'll see uh, a girl up there. We're going to have Rachel and the kids. There we go. That's the girl. I have always called Rachel the girl. Her name is Rachel, all right? But I've called her the girl, and her brother, Nick, I've called the boy. Now, Nick was two years old when he came to live with me, and Rachel was seven years old. Well, Nick is now 28, and Rachel's 32. So it's a long time. And the thing is that they had a mother, they have their mother and, and everything, but she was going through a real difficult time. 
in her life, and she allowed me the privilege to come alongside and become part of their family. I functioned as a pseudo-mom to them, a pseudo-mom, a person who acts like a mom to children, but is not actually a mom. I loved them, provided for them, encouraged them, prayed for them, disciplined them. You know, I had this piece, and I cried an awful lot for them. And I still do. Well, now I continue to pray for them and encourage them because they're adults and making their own life. The dictionary defines mother in a very different way from what we're used to defining mother. We normally will define mother as somebody who gave birth. But the dictionary has taken into account that things have changed in the world. And so the dictionary defines mother as one of them, a woman who gives birth to a child a woman who adopts a child, a woman who raises a child, a woman who holds a position of authority or responsibility similar to that of a mother, a woman who demonstrates maternal love and tenderness. So really, almost anybody can be a mother. Think about that. In fact, I'll share this story that I haven't shared previously, but I, I knew of this friend of mine who wasn't married, but her heart longed to have children. And so one day we were talking and I said, well, why don't you go get one? And she looked at me, what do you mean go get one? Go to the street and just pick them up? I said, no. But the opportunity is there because there are so many kids out there that are foster kids that need homes. So if you really have that desire, why not become a foster parent? And you can foster babies. It doesn't have to be the older, it can be babies. And do you know, she took me up on that and she became a foster parent. Well, she, uh, they gave her a baby to foster and a year later she wound up adopting that child as her child. And I love the fact that she was able to become a mom without actually giving birth to a child. I don't know, but all of you here have a mother, right? Anybody here not have a mother? Uh-oh, no, I better not see any hands, right? Well, my mother, the person that I considered to be my mother was my grandmother. She served the role of mother. Though she was my grandmother, she raised me, provided for me. Uh, she clothed me, made sure that I attended school and everything, and I used to call her Ama. And Ama is short for Mama. And she was my mother in that. And regardless of, of the other things that happened with us, she is the only mother I've ever known. Now, she's no longer living, but she was my mother. Now, how many of you ladies in here have had the opportunity to have a birth experience? How many of you have birthed children? Okay, lots of you. All right. So let me share with you, I thank you that you're willing to have the courage to birth children, all right? I had the, the opportunity and the privilege of experiencing a birth event firsthand because the girl invited me to be present when she gave birth to her first child. And so I was there, her mother was there, her mother-in-law was there, and her husband was there as well. So I got the opportunity to see the delivery happen, the opportunity to see a mother giving birth. And it was an awesome experience. But you know what I really saw, besides the miracle of birth, was this. 
I saw how the girl, when that baby was born and they put that baby in her arms, I saw how she forgot all the pain she had just been through. And she looked at her child and the look that she had for her child, the love that she exuded, the tenderness with which she held him was so emotional. And I was in awe of that as I watched her. And in her arms, her son, vulnerable, helpless, dependent on her for everything, for love, affection, affirmation, safety, and provision. She was a mother. And I, I love that piece about her. And then later on, she decided to have a second one, and she had a little girl named Ileana. And then last year, she gave birth to who she says is her last child, and she gave birth to Auden. And you'll see them up there. Now, one of the things that I've seen about the girl and her children is how she interacts with them. First of all, let me say this. She's human, so she has those moments, okay? But those other moments where she's right there with them, oh, my heart. When she looks at them, she interacts, she affirms, she does all this, and she whispers to them and holds on to them. It made me realize that God designed each of her children, your children, as a masterpiece with their physical attributes and individual personalities, and they do have different personalities, and with a destiny to fulfill. And he has entrusted them to her and Jonathan to love, adore, provide, and be a model of God's love. Having been a former teacher and a former principal, and now working with appealing the onion groups where we deal with the hurts, habits, and hangups that keep us from becoming the people God created us to be, I've come to realize how critical the role of a mother is. It's extremely critical. Now, Irma Bombeck, author and humorist, said, motherhood is the biggest on-the-job training program in existence today because they don't come with books, do they, on how to raise them. And motherhood is a, not a one-size-fits-all, a mold that is all-encompassing and means the same thing to all people. In fact, Sally Clarkson in 10 Gives of Wisdom said, the most important gift mothers can give their children is to help them begin a walk with God. Oops. Wow. From the moment the children arrive, you are teaching them how to see the world, what to consider important, what to seek, what to love. As a mother, you have the opportunity to form your home and family life in such a way that God's reality comes alive to your children each day. Because even though the man may be the head of the house, to me, the woman is the heart of the house. That's a biggie. And the poet William Ross Wallace said it this way, the hand that rocks the cradle, that's you mamas, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Ooh, think about that. That's power, that's importance, and that's responsibility. Each of your children are a gift from God. 
He's entrusted these children to you to raise them for him, to show them God's reality, to give them an understanding of his ways, by the way, his love, his holiness, his creativity, and his compassion. Your role as a mother is to prepare them for the role he has designed them to take in the world as they become lights to their generation. Mothers, grandmothers, spiritual mothers, adoptive mothers are God's finest idea for how such a godly legacy should be passed on from one generation to another. Moms were designed by God to influence the hearts of the children and to help shape them into the next generation of godly leaders. Mothers have the capacity to inspire the messages of truth and hope and to model love and servant leadership. We can see this in 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 5, where Paul was writing a letter to Timothy, and he said this, May God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. He continues by saying this, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith continues strong in you. Timothy, Paul recognized, was a godly man with a godly heritage. That heritage began with Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and continued on in his mother, Eunice. Generational, grandmother, mother, child, and hopefully continues on in generations in doing that. Eunice, Timothy's mother wasn't putting on an act or going through the motions. She had a faith that was real. In other words, she walked the talk. She lived it. He saw it. And it's a great importance to know that kids will listen. In a minute, I'll share with you a quote of, they listen, they see and receive more than they hear. We'll see that. I found this quote from Brene Brown in an interview with her in the Washington Post. Now listen to the question carefully because it's real critical. Are you the adult that you want your child to grow up to be? It should make us think about how we want our children to grow up to be. Who do we want them to be? So what kind of adults do you want your kids to be? Strong, kind, compassionate, responsible, healthy, and happy? Are you? Would you like them to have loving and healthy relationships with their partners? Do you? Would you like for them to be fearless and pursue their passions? Do you do this? Do you want them to be less self-involved and think of others more? Do you do this? By the way, the do you do this is not meant as a judgment or as a means to get down on yourself. It is only meant to spur on self-reflection and hopefully positive change of what 
you want your kids to become or who you want them to become. See, I tell women this all the time when I'm mentoring and in life coaching. You teach your kids how others are supposed to treat you and by proxy, treat them. Children also watch how you treat others. There are so many aspects of this that it would take pages and pages to talk about how to be the adult your child needs, not wants, but needs. Are you a good role model for your children? Do you embody what you hope to impart to your kids? Are your actions in line with your words? Oliver Goldsmith, author, journalist, and poet stated, you can preach a better sermon with your life than with your lips. Powerful words. I know that many of you moms struggle to be the kind of mother that you want to be, but here's the deal. When it comes to your kids, you don't have to be perfect. God knows we're not perfect, but we need to learn. And it starts from a place of love and learning. So I mentor and sponsor a lot of people, a lot of women as we go through the groups and they learn, boy, they come to me with their eyes and they go, oh my gosh, I have messed my kids up. And I look at them and I smile and I go, yes, you have. <laughs> but here's the deal, no judgment. Here's the deal. You can change that. You can change that by changing yourself and beginning to live a real faith. And they will see the change because not only your children see the change, everybody around you sees the change. It will impact those around you. So they're not looking for perfect mothers. Kids need this. They need mothers who are there for them. Mothers who affirm and encourage them mothers who protect them, mothers who provide for them, and mothers who, if they have junk in their life, because we're human and flawed, right? But learn to deal with it so that when they grow up and they have to deal with their stuff, they have seen you model that when you struggle, you do something about it. And it's important for them to see that. So, okay, so what are some ways that we can role model God's love to them? Here's one. Demonstrate unconditional love. They believe in the love of God because of what they experience with you. Love them regardless. Regardless, even if they're not living up to your expectations. Spend time together. It communicates love to your children because normally we don't spend time with people we don't like. So guess what? You're saying to them, I like you. I want to spend time with you. Yes, I know you have to deal with the rest. Be yourself. You're, only, you're the only mother they need. They don't need another mother. They need you. Like who God made you. Know who you are in Christ because you will share that with them. They'll see how you live it out and they will catch it. Teach them the scriptures. It will give them confidence to live by his truth. It will provide them the roadmap for their lives and it will provide them a stable thing that never changes. The world changes out here. God doesn't change, the world changes. So it will give your kids a rudder to live by. Romans uh, 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And then 
live the scriptures, walk the talk, be honest, pray for them without ceasing, receive God's forgiveness when you fall short because mamas feel guilty a lot. Ask them to forgive you when you've missed the mark and then forgive them 70 times 70. That's the love of God. James 1.22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. They will see that. That when you come to church on Sundays and you leave, are you different than what you're doing and what you're listening to? Maybe the problem may be this. Maybe you don't have a real faith like Eunice did. But you can change that today. You can be the woman of faith, of genuine, sincere, and real faith like Timothy's mother. It's possible because of what Christ has done for you in dying on the cross for your sins. See, all of us have sinned. We've all done things wrong. And because of that, we're separated from God. But if we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and took the penalty for them and asked him to save us, we can have a right relationship with God. We can have the real faith that was apparent in the life of Eunice. You can have real faith today and it'll give you the opportunity to be the best mom you can be. Not perfect, but the best that you can be. And if you want to do that, what I'm gonna ask all of you to do is close your eyes for now. And if you're a mom that doesn't have, or a person sitting here who doesn't have a real faith, I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me and you can do it silently in your heart. And this is the prayer. God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be part of your family. Thank you for the sacrifice you made for me through your son, Jesus. And right here, right now, the best I know how I accept it. I accept that he died on the cross for my sins. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me into your family in Jesus' name. Now, with your head still bowed down, the rest of you in here, the ones that came in and know Jesus and just want to become a better mother or a better parent, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for being with my children. And I ask that you would inspire me to be a better mom and uh, uh, be a better parent with them. I ask that you would remind me to talk with them about you more regularly. I ask that you would move in our lives in a totally different level than you ever have before. Help me to have children that can change the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'll leave you with these words. Do you remember the quote? The hand that rocks the cradle. Whoever you are, whatever type of mother, spiritual, adoptive, whatever, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Be the mom. Be the mom that raises children that will change the world around them. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.